0: recalculates your position, flashes a spinning wheel on the screen, and announces rerouting. The same thing happens to us all the time in life. We make a wrong turn, or we are forced to take an unexpected detour. The good news is that God is even better than our GPS at rerouting. So grab your Bibles and fasten your seatbelts as we unpack a life principle that has the power to put us back on the path to a God-preferred future. All right, I'm going to make some noise for a second. Apparently I didn't screw that down all the way. Good times. They didn't notice that at all in the first service. Good morning. It is good to be here. Like I said earlier, my name is Stephen Mitchell and I am the lead pastor here. If you don't recognize me, it's because I just started last Sunday. Uh, If I haven't had an opportunity to meet you or if you're a visitor here, first, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Welcome home to Cassidy. Uh, If you're a visitor here, or if I haven't met you, I will be outside after the worship service, and I would love to get an opportunity to say hi, see how things are going in your life, and and see what we can uh, do uh, as far as building a community of faith that is focused on following Jesus down the path that he is guiding us to. Before we jump in to our new sermon series, uh, I want to call your attention to a mistake in the bulletin. Everybody turn and look at Jenna. Uh, (laughs) Just, just kidding. Don't tell her I said that. Oh, she's in here. That's great. Um, I knew she was... Anyway, uh, the church cookout in the bulletin says it's the 14th, which is today. It is not today. It is the 21st. So don't feel like, oh, no, I can't be here. Next week we're going to do it. So if you were like, oh, I can't be there on the 14th, or if you were using that as an excuse to not come hang out with me, know that it's next Sunday and I look forward to seeing all of you there um, with all of the sweet treats and food, whatever we get to do. I'm excited about it, uh, but I'm even more excited about what God is, is planning for us as Cassidy and where God is taking us. And, and we're going to start a new series that is called Rerouting. And if you're anything like me, you live and die by your GPS. And, and it, most people are not like me, I have found out, oddly enough. Uh, that most people are are okay with finding their directions and getting getting directions from folks. And oh yes, I, as a matter of fact, the other day I rode with Suzanne, and she didn't use any type of electronic assistance to get somewhere. And I was stressed out the whole way. <laughs> I was like, "Are you sure you know where you're going? How do you know?" Because I would never make it. They would send search parties out, and I would still not be found. Uh, it's it's so bad that my kids think it's hilarious. They 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 wonder if I'm ever going to make it home. If, if the GPS isn't working in my car, they're convinced that we're not going to make it to wherever we're supposed to be. So Savannah, my daughter, will pull it up on her phone and it's a race to see which of the two kids will get it up there. It's so bad that before GPS, I lived in Hannibal, Missouri and I got lost continually. Folks, there are two roads in Hannibal <laughs> and you shouldn't be able to get lost, but I was good at it. And since I've been here... Um, it's become very apparent to both Suzanne and, and also to Jana, uh, because I'll say, the, the, you know, at CC, there's, and they're like, no, you need to, and I'm, I know I'm pointing the wrong direction right now, but they would change my direction uh, and say, you need to chain, shift your direction and point the right way. I don't know where CC is in this room. So there you go. All right, that way. There we go. You have rerouted me. You're proving my point. It's so good. I love it. Um, but it, it really is pretty rough for me navigationally. And I, I don't know if you remember this. So kids, you guys aren't going to remember this because it's not a thing that y'all had. Uh, but back in the day, phones were actually just phones. Even mobile phones, they were just phones. You didn't do anything cool on the phone. Uh, and, and so they came out, they invented the, the original GPS. I don't know if y'all remember them. It was its own device. It didn't come on a phone. You had your own device. And so you would put it in the car and you would use that to navigate. And we went on a trip to Orlando, Florida. And if y'all, if anybody here helped to organize and design the Orlando freeway system, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Uh, it is horrible. You have to go right to go left. And, and, and I'm already navigationally challenged as we're discussing. Uh, and and it's just so hard for me. And and we would go. We went to Orlando, and I thought, hey, we're gonna get to where we need to be. Every Disney park that we're going to, whatever it was we were doing, I had the GPS on. My problem was, I have a hard time following the GPS. It says you need to take a turn now, and I'm two lanes over, and I was like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that, right? And and so then uh, I'm, I'm I've passed my exit, and the old GPS would just do something like this make a U-turn. <laughs> and I'm, I'm on a highway. And so after about four, make a U-turns, I'm yelling at the GPS, which really doesn't help because the GPS doesn't care. My kids are freaking out. Um, and so not having an ability to reroute not having the technology behind it that would help us get back on path was frustrating to me because I always either turn too early or turn too late or you run into a detour and you don't know which way to turn and how I'm going to get there. None of it is very helpful. And so when GPS advanced a little bit and now on my phone, I use this app called Waze. It's really cool. It even tells me where the potholes are on the road and the police officers. I'm not going to lie. But when, when I'm using that, if I pass my exit, or if I don't, uh, if, I, if, I, if I turn too early, which has happened out here once, uh, then, then it reroutes me. It renavigates me back to where I... re that's not a word. Kids, don't use that. It navigates me back to where I need to be. And so it helps me get to where I should have been going to begin with, but I had let myself get off path and, and changed the direction. And so I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if in life we had a GPS for God, that it would help us to get back on the path. I mean, if you read the Old Testament, and you read the, the book of Exodus, and, and, and it's the story of the liberation of the, the children of, of, Egypt, of Israel from Egypt, and so they, they get out, and they, they start heading toward, they go to the mountain, and they meet God on the mountain, and then God moves into their camp, into the tent of meeting, and, and God is surrounded by the encampment. And what would happen is a pillar of flame would lead them by, by night, and a pillar of cloud would lead them by day. And I always thought to myself, man, that must have been great. You can never get off track. You don't even need a GPS. You wake up in the morning, you walk out, cloud's still here, we're staying, <laughs> right? You walk out the next day, the cloud's on the move. Oh, guys, we got to go. Let's go, pack it up. And it would help you to get to where you're going. But the problem is, is the rest of the Old Testament discusses how God kept trying to reroute the Jews back onto the right path. Because even when the cloud was there, even when God was directing them right in front of them, they still found ways to get off of God's path. And so it's interesting, and and it it takes us a moment to get through to understand what the problem is. The problem isn't the navigation system. The problem is the people, right? If you're anything like me, you experience this time and time again, that there are things that you do that, that kind of take you out of the place that you wanted to go. You recognize, oh, wow, how did I get so far off the path? How did I move so far from where I had hoped to be? And it's because people can't be fixed. We can't just come and fix somebody. People need a new direction. And, and that's kind of the core of what we're talking about, is direction. Not intention leads us to our, or determines our destination. Our direction is what gets us where we're going. Not intention. And I can ex- you guys have heard this uh, even the young folks have heard this probably, that the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? And, and, and we know this to be true. I, 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 the, the principle of the path comes from this, this book by Andy Stanley, um, but the idea is so basic, it's so simple, and yet we find it so difficult to stay on the path. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, if, if I, and I've talked to a lot of families trying to help uh, financially, you know, get, get out of financial messes, and the first thing I talk to them about is, hey, do you have a budget? And my favorite response came from a family who I will not name uh, because I love them. Uh, they said, yes, we have a budget. And I was like, oh, that's great. Where is it? And they're like, it's in the drawer. We never use it. <laughs> so the intention was there. Uh, another great example is the gym. Now, I, I, when I, I had decided that I was in the off season. So I, I went to the gym. Uh, I, I, I ride my bicycle a lot during the summer. When it's warm, I ride my bicycle. Uh, and and hopefully I will not meet any of you while I'm riding my bicycle because y'all will probably be upset because I'll be going slow. Um, But in the summertime, I do that, and and I decided, you know, it it takes me a long time to get back in shape when when winter's over so that I can start riding my bicycle again, so I'm going to get a gym membership. And I got a gym membership, and I felt embarrassed every time I drove past the gym because I never, ever went to the gym. My intention was there... But my direction was not. My direction led back to nacho bars and to, you know, things that I, where I could eat and enjoy that. And so the, the idea for us is going to be really recognizing what path we're on and, and how we're going in the direction that we're, we're, we're trying to get to. Are we really heading in the direction that we want to go? Or are we taking baby steps away from that direction that lead us in a total opposite direction? And so how often have you in, in life, uh, knowing friends or family or your children, whatever it is, where you have this reaction, ooh, I really don't think they should do that. Or, oh, those two should not be dating. That's my favorite. When I did youth ministry, it was like there is a train wreck waiting to happen, <laughs> right? Uh, so, yeah, please don't, don't do And How often, though, have we done that to ourselves? And that's the difficult part, right? If, if we could only do that, if we could only see ourselves from the outside, we would say, oh, no, you should not be doing that. But what we do is we get tunnel vision. And, and the reason that we get tunnel vision is that we prefer to be happy rather than wise. It's so much more fun to be happy rather than wise, and this leads us in steps that take us away from where God wants us to go, and it can begin something so simple as, I made a budget. We're going to stay on that budget, and then instead of staying on the budget, hey, I really want that Andy's ice cream. I've fallen in love with Andy's ice cream, or Andy's custard. It's not even ice cream. It's even better, Uh, and so, you know, I'm going to go make myself, oh, I'm feeling kind of down I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a custard it's only what well it's actually pretty expensive it's like five dollars right and I'm gonna take because I get the giant one now now you see why I ride bikes a lot um, but, but then the next time is, oh, well, I, I, I want to go out to eat. I don't feel like cooking tonight. And now I've spent that money. And now I'm, now I'm off track. The budget is taking me that way, and I'm headed in the wrong direction. It can be that way with budgets. It can be that way with exercises I've already explained. It can be that way in our married relationships where we're close to our spouse and and yet we have a friendship that strikes up at the office and baby steps take us in a direction that we are not prepared to go and we find ourselves at a place where we're uncomfortable or where we cross a boundary that cannot be uncrossed. And friends, this is the reality of where we are. and, And the reason, so really the question that we want to answer is why do smart people do dumb things? Because that's the trouble, is we do dumb things even though we're smart folks. I'm giving y'all all credit for being smart. Thank you. Um, and hopefully hopefully, that's not a, a, an issue that y'all are like, well, I'm not smart. So uh, <laughs> if, you, if you feel that way, we can talk about it and I'll help you feel smarter because I'm not that smart. But this isn't a new problem. This isn't something that just started randomly in the modern era. We've had this problem forever from the beginning, There was this guy named Adam and this girl named Eve. They took the apple because they wanted to be happy rather than wise and follow what God said. And it continues on through all of the Old Testament into the New Testament into today. But 600 years before Jesus, there was this prophet, mighty in in power and in, in word and deed for God. His name was Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said something that is so powerful And it's so profound, but it's so true. He said, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond all cure. Who can understand it? What that means is you're going to, whatever your heart desires, you're going to rationalize in your head. You're going to find a way to make that happen. And if you don't believe that, look at any advertising campaign that's going on. So right now, I'm struggling because I really, I, I have a car that works. It's in great shape. It's, it carries my bicycles. But man, I want a truck. Truck. A truck would be great. So if anybody's like, oh, I, I should give away a truck. Um, yeah, th- th- hit me up, Cal. Where are you at? Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> we're feeling it. Um, so the the whole idea is what 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 can we do uh, to 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 change our mind to get away from that? Because every time I see. A commercial for a truck. Now they have the truck with a step-down bed. It's it's be- yeah uh-huh. Everybody's seen it. That's because and and it's so much. Oh my gosh, it's new. It would be it would be so great, right? And that mindset. Now my heart wants the truck, and I'm fighting against that because I'm like, well, <laughs> the truck is also very expensive. So I'm not going to get the truck. I don't want to do that because my funds can go and be better used someplace else because my car works. And so that's how all of that works. That's how all of, all of our mind tries to rationalize everything that we want in our heart. And so 600 years later, they had to wait 600 more years after Jeremiah for this guy named Jesus. And Jesus offers us A new path, a path back to relationship with God, a path away from selfishness, and a path that can help us to have power over our heart. Not just rational power, but the presence of God himself to help us to see past that. If you have your Bibles or a Bible app, I know that there are a lot of people that don't even carry Bibles, it's cool. We're going to be reading from the, the 14th chapter of John's Gospel Uh, and I would love for us to to do that together. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have uh, your Bible with you. I would encourage you, uh, we're going to start having, just in case you don't have an actual paper copy, we're going to start having free Bibles that we're going to give away to folks uh, that, that we're going to have and make available because it is so important for us to be together in God's Word. It's so important for us to look at what the Scripture says so you can come back to me and be like, now, Pastor, you said... And that's just not true. And then I can prove why I'm right. Um, but it's, it's, that's what we're going we're gonna to be looking at. So hear these words. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, and, and it's right before um, right before when, when he's talking to them, um, he knows what's about to happen to him. And hear his words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God And the truth and the life. No one comes to me except to the Father, except through me. And if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus is saying, I am the path. You don't need a different path. You don't need a new direction. I am the direction you need to take. And Jesus offers himself to us so that we can have that new direction. Jesus is that path. And so Jesus then becomes this pattern for us to see, to, to look at Jesus' life and we can see what Jesus chose and how Jesus lived his life. And we can move into that because Jesus is the path. And we see that in John eight thirty two, uh, Jesus says this, then you will know the truth, which is that he is the path and the truth will set you free. So we have leadership and hope in Jesus that we can actually stay on the path that he has set out for us. And our problem is, again, that we tend to want to be happy rather than wise. And we believe that Jesus came and died so that we could be happy. Now, friends, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin that. I'm going to pop that bubble for you right now. Jesus came to die so that we could be holy, not happy. Now, there's some people out there going, now, wait a minute." Uh, and the truth is that just because we're holy doesn't mean we're not happy. As a matter of fact, I know people that are trying to be obedient to who God is and walk the path that God has put before them, and they are a whole lot happier now than when they were living for themselves before. So it's not this crazy dichotomy. Y'all can look this up later dichotomy uh, against happy and holy. Instead, what it is is holiness embeds happiness into it, and we become happy because we are being made more like Jesus, which is being made more holy. So Jesus knew what was waiting for him in Jerusalem. And, and, and was talking to his disciples a moment, moment ago. And, and one of the things that I love about uh, Luke's gospel is, is this one piece of scripture. Jesus, Jesus says, because we want to look to Jesus to see how he stayed on the path. This, he says, uh, uh, well, Luke says about Jesus, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In some of uh, uh, other interpretations, it says Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. So Jesus knew he was going to go to Jerusalem and die if there was anybody that had a right to get off of the path. It's the king of kings who was the word that was used to create and yet is going to die. And Jesus, instead of getting off of the path, instead of taking a step away, instead of saying, you know what, that is just too much, I I don't want to deal with that, he stayed on the path. And it said he set his face. He became resolute in the direction that he was heading. He knew what was waiting for him, but he was determined to do what God wanted rather than what he wanted. And we see that so clearly in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't want to do this but not my will, but your will be done. And so we, we can cling to that and we can see that Jesus knows what's happening and Jesus is, is, is making that, those steps anyway. So the question is, for each of us, are you taking step by step away from the path that God wants you to be on? Because my guess is you know way more than you would like to know when you're taking step by step after step away from the direction that God wants you to be going in. And so our first step back onto Jesus path is to be honest with ourselves. We have to really get past it because if we if we if we just let our heart tell us where, what we want, and we go in the direction of what we want rather than what we know we should be doing, we're going to find ourselves lost and in the weeds. I have found myself in that position so many times, and I'm standing in the weeds, and I'm like, God, where did you go? And God's like, I'm over on the path, the same place I've been this whole time. Why don't you come back to me, and we will walk together. And so my hope is that you will not struggle with that. Recently, after, after a worship service, I, I, there was a couple that, that uh, were friends of mine, and I said, "Hey, would you guys like to go to lunch with me?" And they were in financial peace university, and they, they looked at me and, and, and then they looked at each other, husband and wife, and, and they turned back to me, and both of them together said, "Sorry it 's not in the budget. How hard is that to, to make that statement because you know oh, it'd be pretty cool to go to lunch with with Steve because I 'm a fun guy, uh, just in case y'all were wondering y'all can write that down uh, so i''m, I'm, I'm you know, it, hey, we could go out to lunch with him, but it's not in the budget. And now there's the embarrassment that you can feel of saying, no, it's not in the budget, because that means, oh, I don't have enough money. And, and, and really, what they were saying was none of that. What they were saying is, we have stepped foot on a path that leads to a destination that we want to be a part of, it leads to financial, uh, financial peace. And it also leads to a generosity that is beyond anything that we could have, uh, could have imagined. And so they stepped on that path, and they didn't want to get off even for me. And it wasn't a test. I wasn't like, okay, you passed. No, it was like, all right, well, next month, if you, if you have the money in the budget, I would love to go out to eat with you. And they said, well, we'll put a lunch in the budget next month so that we can go out with you. And it's so great, this is, this is what I'm talking about when you decide to stay on the path. When you get on that path and you stay focused on it, it's something that changes everything for you, and it changes your direction and keeps you going in that same direction. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be detours and road bumps and things that try and derail you, uh, and if you're anything like me, I think that's when the devil gets really excited because he's like, oh, now you think you're doing good, so we're going to kick you where, where it counts, and that's not good. Um, so that wasn't in here, by the way. That was free. Um <laughs> So if we're honest with ourselves, then we we start to do something. We start to realize that we're going in the wrong direction. But realizing without action doesn't change our direction. It just gives us a good intention. And so we need to realize it, but then we need to take that realization a little bit further because, remember, direction, not intention, determines our destination, and so we need to ask ourselves some questions. I've got, I've got three questions that if you ask yourself these questions and you're honest with yourself on the answer, they're going to change things for you. Because they've changed things for me. It's not that I'm just trying to get you all to do stuff and then we're going to see how it works out. I have experienced life change due to doing this. So why am I really doing this? Why, why am I making this decision? Why am I on this path? Why am I doing these things is it because they are leading in the direction that I want to go, or is it taking me away from where I need to be? The second one is similar to that to what I asked earlier. If someone in my circumstances came to me for advice, what would I, what course of action would I recommend? What would I suggest? Uh, this has kept me from buying a truck time and time again, because it doesn't make any sense. It's very pretty and it's big and it hauls things, but it doesn't make any sense. And so in light of my past experience and my future hopes, what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do instead of getting off on my own and ending up in the weeds all by myself? What should I be doing? Now, a lot of this can sound very self-helpy because it really is. It's it's self-help, but it can leave us wondering, well, what about Jesus? What about God, and how does that tie in? And so I'm going to tell you, remember that story I told you about how I wish I had a GPS in life, that it would be great to have a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire leading me on the way. Well, I'm I'm here to tell you about a guy that did something far better than any of that. We have, through Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that doesn't dwell in a cloud at a distance, but dwells within us and leads us and guides us on our way. And it lights our our path and illuminates us and then helps us to share that light with others. That is the power of Jesus. And Jesus wants us on this path. And Jesus is calling out to us and helping us to stay on the path. Now, here's the problem is too often we want to be happy rather than holy. We want to be happy rather than wise. And so we need to settle ourselves and focus our lives on Jesus. And Jesus gives us the tools to do that. He gives us the Holy Scripture, which we're going to make available. If you don't have one, uh, there, there's a lot of people that have extra Bibles. I have several. Uh, they're right now they're in a packing van somewhere. But uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get the word to you. The second thing is Jesus gave us a huge gift. We're in it. It's called the church. The church is a group of people that stand together, moving in the same direction, and they're lifting each other up and hoping and praying for one another, and when somebody stumbles, they help to pick them up, and when somebody needs support, they help and are that support, and when somebody is going in the wrong direction, they come around that person and they say, in love, you might want to change your direction. And this is the gift that we have in who Jesus is and what Jesus offers us. And so I hope that as we continue on this new path, with me as the lead pastor, and us as the, uh, the community of faith. So that doesn't mean that I'm in charge of everything. So I'm just having you, say, uh, having you understand this. That means that we together are a community of faith that we are following obediently where God wants us to go, that we are doing the things that God wants. And so I'm praying for each of us to do that, including me, because I don't want to end up in the weeds at Cassidy when we're in the wrong place and God is trying to call us in the right direction. So I pray that as we continue this sermon series, that as we continue to unpack what this looks like, that we will walk in the direction that God has in mind for us, that we will grow in that relationship, and that we will hear that still, small voice of God that He has placed within us, and that we will stay on the path that leads to righteousness. Let's pray. Gracious and Almighty God, You give so many gifts and you desire our presence, and you desire our lives to be molded after the image of Christ that you have given to us. So help us to be made more and more like Jesus Christ through the power of your Holy Spirit. Be present with us and be within us so that we can be visible to the world as changed people on a path leading to a new destination, not as Everything outside of church is one way, but everything inside of church is a different. Instead, God, make us one inside and outside of this building because your church is the world. Help us to serve you in everything we do. Help us to recognize the presence of your Holy Spirit and help us to make a difference and help us to be more and more like Jesus each and every day. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ and everyone agreed and said, amen.